You're listening to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have an opportunity to speak with an interesting group of individuals, Harold Burkhart, the CCO, Alastair Bannum, the CEO for Pure Li-Fi. Good evening, I do believe, because you're in the UK. Thank you so much for taking the time today. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, we're good, thanks. Very good. Yeah, thanks for having us, Sean. Oh, my pleasure. Now, uh, in a traditional interview, I would say, so tell me how you got where you are. But we're going to talk about something so interesting. I don't really want to waste time on the small talk. So let me just fast forward through this. Uh, Harold Burkhart, PhD from the University of Edinburgh. Is it disrespectful if I don't call you Dr. Burkhart? Not, not at all. Please just call me Harold. Okay, perfect. And um, then we have Alastair Bannum, 30 years experience in global semiconductor industry, international business units. I'm really interested because the thought of using light as a communication protocol is not exactly new, but the way you're implementing it is somewhat revolutionary. And I would imagine, Alistair, that must have been what really drew your attention to wanting to be a part of this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I joined the company in um, July the 1st, 2016. And when I was going through the kind of, uh, you know, the preamble of would I want to join Pure Li-Fi, you know, I was so excited with the um, the technology. I think it has legs. It's it's novel. It's disruptive. And I really believe this technology is going to touch everyone on this planet uh, as we go forward. So having done my homework and looked at how the technology works and how many of the lights there are in this world and how we need to have uh, another bearer to support some of this um, great demand for wireless data, then light is the answer for that. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be on board. It's a fantastic opportunity. And, Harold, I would imagine as an engineer at heart, you just couldn't wait to play around with this technology. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I have a background actually in radio frequency and uh, cellular networks, um, and I did uh, my PhD uh, at the University of Edinburgh with uh, Professor Haas, who is of course um, you know the company's founder, but uh, you know widely considered also as the father of, of Li-Fi after he introduced it in his TED talk. And you know the the skills that I learned uh, during that time in that field, you know, are very applicable to to what um, what we were doing in Li-Fi. But actually, I've I've been involved more on in the commercial side. I think for the last five years, um, I think the technical background has certainly helped there. Um, but uh, you know, I've really uh, really enjoyed watching the technology mature, uh, but also the ecosystem grow. Uh, and um, uh, you know, had the opportunity to work with some fantastic companies uh, on the basis of Li-Fi. In in technological circles. Time moves much more quickly and at a higher, much more advanced pace than it does in, say, standard construction. Um, I'm curious, give me, if you could, sort of the trade show presentation. Explain to me exactly how LiFi works. Sure. So, uh, I mean, LiFi, as you can tell by the name, um, is akin to Wi-Fi, except that we use light as the bearer of information or as the communications ether, if you will, rather than radio. And uh, what we're doing here at, in particular, Pure Li-Fi is, you know, we, we looked at the infrastructure that you have in a building typically, and, you know, every floor, um, you know, every office has a lighting infrastructure already. 
And so what, what we're doing is we're using that same lighting infrastructure to now not only provide illumination, but also provide wireless communication. Because, I mean, as we all know, we're using wireless communication pretty much on a daily basis um, uh, all the time uh, nowadays. And so the lights themselves, they provide data. They're, they're backhauled using a very similar architecture, um, you know, either an Ethernet switching architecture or it could be over power line communications as well. Um, and then they provide the you know, last few meters of connectivity to our devices. Uh, at the moment, um, you know, the dongles that uh, Pure Li-Fi produces interface with laptops and, and tablets. But of course, the, the, the longer term vision is for us to enable um, all devices to uh, communicate uh, over Li-Fi as well. Um, and then uh, those devices will communicate back up to the ceiling, uh, typically using an infrared channel. Uh, that way we get a bi-directional uh, communication signal. Um, and then um, I think the most important part as well is that Li-Fi is a fully networked uh, technology. So imagine in the same way that a, a cellular system covers a city, um, or, you know, a Wi-Fi system would cover maybe a campus or even an office building. Well, a, a Li-Fi system uses all of the lights and each light effectively forms a a cell of communication or, or an access point of communication. And you can move from one light to the next in order to provide a, a fully uh, mobile network. Um, and that really is also the basis for the incorporation of Li-Fi as part of uh, future uh, mobile networks. So we really see that, you know, Li-Fi becoming part of the backbone um, of the building of the future. And I think, you know, just, sorry, just to jump in, I mean, you know, while we're having this great discussion, I think what it leads to is, you know, we are complementary and additive to uh, Wi-Fi, but I think the uh, use cases to support Li-Fi are pretty wide and varying, and there are many places where we can use this technology that maybe uh, Wi-Fi itself is not permitted, such as, you know, petrochemical plants, you know, in hospitals, in, um, you know, in, uh, in, in quite a few use cases where, you know, light, lights are everywhere on this planet, right? They're everywhere in buildings, they're outside we can use the technology outdoors as we can indoors so i mean wherever you have uh, an led light we can actually use that to transmit uh, wireless communication so it's really really exciting a whole raft of use cases uh, in multiple applications you bring up a very interesting point there um referencing what harold said about being bi-directional and and full duplex, which is fascinating that the primary communication comes through the LED visible light, whereas the return communication is um, infrared, which is fascinating. But it also enables an additional level of security that Wi-Fi can't. And that is, is it true that pure Wi-Fi can be established in a geofencing sort of technique? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that. So I think the the first um, layer of security really that we have is from the very basic premise that uh, that light, you know, whether it's visible light or infrared, as we know, doesn't go through walls, right? It's it's very directional. It's very containable, which means that um, you can uh, really maintain um, a very high level of physical security for your wireless network, which you simply can't do. Um, over over radio, uh, and then you know as you mentioned the fact that we're using uh, visible light in the downlink, using um, infrared in the uplink, 
provides us with two separate frequencies for um, those two communication channels. Um, and not only the fact that, you know, you'd need to decode both of them at the same time in order to be able to um, start uh, decrypting them, but actually also the fact that it's happening, as you mentioned, in full duplex simultaneously makes it even more difficult, um, you know, unlike in in um, some of the wireless protocols where uh, it's happening sequentially and on the same frequency. And I think, um, you know, touching on the aspect you mentioned about geofencing, um, the fact that you have, as you've exactly identified, you have so many lights that your system can really um, then be able to understand where a user is located does provide you even with a further layer of security, which means that you can now potentially um, give or deny access to particular information based on uh, the location and the geofence um, within that within that network. So certainly we see a number of security advantages simply based on the physical properties of using the light medium. And light doesn't pass through walls, so that's another additive point on security. An, an interesting thing about that is that sounds like it would give a, a company, a, that, a building that's using this, unprecedented control and the ability to parse and separate and really manage, not just from a security standpoint, but just from a utility standpoint. This sounds like a very granular system. Well, I think I think you know. Just to add to that, I think you know we we're working with partners that are using this technology to establish their own boardrooms where data information is very um, sensitive and uh, you know can be used through light. Uh, you know, engineering world where you want to protect your IP and uh, manage your communication, so you can use this as a as a data point on that. So, I mean, you can have it across the whole building. You can have it in secure environments. You can have it in hot spots. You can have it anywhere. It's about how you want to map out your building infrastructure and how it's applied to the specific use cases that the particular building industry would like to have. Yeah, and I think um, what's you know also building on that, if you if you look at kind of multi-tenant buildings, <laughs> and excuse all of the uh, repetition there, but um, if you think of uh, an apartment complex or an office building. You know, usually if you're if you're scanning on your phone or on your laptop, you're probably seeing, depending on how long uh, the display list is, you know, 30, 40, 50 different uh, wireless access points that are either in different apartments or in different offices. And if you now if you now think about, um, first of all, of course, the fact that you can see them means technically you could decode them, but um, you know, not not going into that much any further. They're also all interfering with one another, right? And in particular, if you start looking at uncoordinated access, in particular in um, uh, apartment buildings, for example, there that actually you know reduces uh, the level and the, uh, the level of service and the quality of service that you can provide to uh, to the end customers. Well, if it was Li-Fi um, confined to every individual office or every individual um, apartment, but of course, being that fully networked system. Uh, within each one of those domiciles, um, then actually you wouldn't, you would only see one network, which is your own. You wouldn't see any other networks, so you're not receiving any interference, and nobody else would see uh, your network, which means they're not receiving interference and they don't have the ability to get access to your data. So certainly we see also the, not only the ability for buildings to control um, in a much more granular level, as you've mentioned, uh, the wireless access, but also to enhance the quality of service because um, it is uh, much more partitioned. 
An interesting concept that has just occurred to me is light travels at a constant speed. Radio waves, not always so much. So that constant speed that you're able to work with, you you must be able to maintain an incredibly high speed. Uh, I'm assuming somewhere around 43 megabits per second, probably. Yeah. So, so, I mean, both, both light and radio are electromagnetic waves. So they're both actually traveling at the same speed. They're both traveling at the speed of light. What, um, what really makes the difference in terms of using radio versus using light is the amount of spectrum that's available and the amount of bandwidth that we're able to appropriate for communications. So the entire radio spectrum is about 300 gigahertz, um, of which, you know, there's about 500 megahertz of that that's allocated to Wi-Fi, probably another 500 to a gig allocated to, to cellular. Um, and, you know, there are, there are bands in there that are used for communication. Um, but, uh, and, and that is really what allows those, those bands and those bandwidths is what provides particular data rates. Um, in lights, what the big benefit is that the entire, just the visible light spectrum is not 300 gigahertz, but rather 300 terahertz. That, that's a thousand times larger. So that means if you wanted to put it simply, you could say there's a thousand times more channels that are available, more bands. And so that, you know, utilizing that additional spectrum um, allows us to achieve, you know, theoretically far higher data rates with light than we ever could with radio and far higher aggregate capacities um, with light than we could with radio. Uh, at the moment, uh, our systems are doing you know, 43 megabit per second in the downlink and in the uplink. Um, those are um, using off-the-shelf uh, components. Um, LED off-the-shelf LED lights, um, and so the the limitation on on the speed there um, is re- really comes down to the fact that uh, you know we are using light for um, uh, sorry I should say that we are using those existing lights um, for for that communication, but you know we see a pathway to far higher data rates, looking into the gigabits uh, per second, um, and there's various results in research that you can see that. Um, using this technology, and then again being able to repeat that from every single light, uh, achieving um, ultra-high uh, data speeds, but also data densities, uh, which is another a key point with regards to how often you can repeat um, a certain amount of bandwidth in, in a particular area, and again, uh, enhancing the quality of service um, for the user. Yeah, so you have a room with six uh, of our current products in at 43 megabits per second in the down and uplink. You've got a room which is capable of delivering 240 megabits of, of data. And the other really neat thing about this is if I'm sitting under one lamp and you're sitting under another, I'm not going to steal any of your bandwidth either. So, you know, I can be downloading some pretty heavy, um, you know, um, uh, you know uh, videos or something that really just hogs the bandwidth. But if you're sitting working under the lamp next to me, you don't feel that at all. I don't steal anything from you. So it's pretty neat from that perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of... My personal favorite comparisons or, or examples actually is, um, you know, at conference shows. Uh, so, you know, we'll be at Mobile World Congress uh, next week. And um, we always like to say that we have the fastest Internet connection at Mobile World Congress because, you know, there's thousands of people in these halls. Even with all the wireless access points, you're talking about, you know, 50, 100 people connecting to a single AP 
um, you know, no matter what bandwidth they have, that all needs to be shared amongst all those users. Well, you know, we have three, four lights. Um, in this case, we'll have three on our stand. Um, you know, in in that you know limited area where 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 we will be, not only will we not have any interference from any of the radio uh, channels and other Wi-Fi access points that are uh, in the you know at the Congress, uh, but actually we'll have three lights serving, let's say, 50 people, um, rather than having a single access point serving 100. Um, and so that, you know, significantly enhances that user data rate as well. Um, so that, that, you know, that that's again comes back to that data density and that uh, interference aspect that really makes, uh, makes light uh, um, a super bearer for communication. One of the striking aspects about this implementation is the fact that it uses um, the existing architecture. You don't have to completely rebuild everything. It's actually something that integrates very well with the existing lighting systems. But you mentioned something, and I'm going to, I was paying attention this time, and so I'm going to put you on the spot. You mentioned MWC. Now, I don't want to put you in a bad place or get any of us in trouble, but is there a little preview or something maybe you could tell me that maybe you're going to present without giving the whole thing away? Well, um, I mean, every year at Mobile World Congress, we do uh, provide a Li-Fi installation, right? So um, what we do encourage is for a lot of people to uh, to come by the stand, um, uh, get great access uh, to internet if they have to send off a few emails, for example, or maybe if they want to watch it. Um, I think a cat video is what's always quoted. Um, we did actually uh, today put on Twitter a sneak preview of uh, something that um, we will be unveiling at Mobile World Congress. Um, you know, my, my marketing director is sitting right here, so I can't say too much uh, because I'll be scolded otherwise, but I can say that we will be bringing something um, that has never been done before uh, in Li-Fi technology. Uh, and, you know, we, we encourage um, we encourage you and, and others to, 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 come, to come have a look. I will definitely take you up on that. And for those of you that want to see that tweet, it's at Pure Li-Fi, P-U-R-E-L-I-F-I on Twitter. So for the last mention that I have today before I let you go, I find it incredibly meta that there will be a day soon where a building is completely solar powered and all of their internal wireless connections are Li-Fi. Does that strike you as absolutely ridiculous, but totally apropos? No, I think it's, it's spot on. I mean, that's exactly where we're going, and that's how I see the world evolving in time. I mean, that's the vision. You know, full buildings, full floors, the home, the office, the street, the smart nation. You know, all these places uh, will have Li-Fi-enabled capability. It's like we're living in a Star Trek episode, and I, for one, am thrilled to be here. Today, I've had the pleasure of speaking with Harold Burkhart and Alistair Bannum, the CCO and CEO, respectively, for Pure Li-Fi. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, our pleasure. Sean, thanks very much. Have a great day. Thanks, Sean. I will do that. You gentlemen do the same. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.